Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. This week's episode is all cult movies, so listen to Tony and Yenny as they define and then go over their handpicked lists. Enjoy! Hello, everyone. It's Tony the Movie Guy and... <laughs> Miss Money. <laughs> you wanted something what different. What was that supposed to be, Tony? <laughs> I was just trying to crack you up. That was ridiculous. You like, wanted something fresh. Were you, were you Willy Wonka? What was that? I don't know. But we've started. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. Hi, everyone. Um, yes, it is Tony the Movie Guy and it is... Miss Money, Annie. There you go. And uh, this is a brand new episode. Um, we're going to keep it nice and fresh and relaxed tonight it's been very action-packed so we're sitting here in a cool calm evening with our glasses of whiskey oh my god our glasses of whiskey our glasses of whiskey you're you're english remember that i know I need it's to me that, that cracks up with the accent i know and uh this was a good uh, topic which you picked i did um cult films and i'm gonna give a, a little disclaimer here tony is definitely gonna have the far superior list um, on this one, and mine definitely doesn't Obviously. go in. Yeah, well, here, here so much so as I, I don't I haven't seen that many, but also mine are not in sequence of like how much I like them. FYI, okay. like they're just kind of put together by what I can remember, what I liked, and I did Google stuff, which he never does. Remember, this is our show, so we yes. can do whatever we like. Yes. So don't worry. Um, although I will be as nasty and mean as I possibly can. Oh, goody. Because, well, the listeners, the, they love that. I don't know why. We're not a reality TV show, they're Tony. Just, they're cruel. They like it when I give you a hard time. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Thanks, it, listeners. I love you too. <laughs> but actually, I've had this list ready for ages. Um, you know, I love I love cult movies. But yeah, so this is going to be cult classic, cult films. Um, so the first thing we should actually look at is the definition of a cult movie. Hit me. Um, which I looked at. Um, a cult film or a cult movie also commonly referred to as a cult classic, is a film that has acquired a cult following. Cult films are known for their dedicated, passionate fan base and elaborate subculture that engage in repeated viewings, quoting dialogue, and audience participation, typically for a film that initially was mm. not well-received or successful upon release. Which is interesting because it says typically. Because right. as you said, some on our list may be they did have a good release. That's but right. now they've become a cult classic based on the first part of the definition of reviewings, um, being an older film and being shown. For example, uh, the uh, outdoor film showings we go to, they tend to pride themselves on showing cult classics right. a lot of the time. Many of them are. Many of them are just like popcorn, Correct. big summer films. Correct. Um, but I did think that definition was was interesting yeah. because it it doesn't mean it has to be a film that flopped. Although Correct. you'll see there is kind of a pattern of films that came out initially bombed at the box office, mm. weren't well reviewed, and are now revered. Okay. Um, but that isn't the... Um, 
you know, the sole definition. The real yeah, definition. Expanded. Well, yeah, the real definition is films that people basically have become like obsessed with, almost like Beatlemania. So mm. they, they watch it over and over. They know all the lines. They know all the dialogue. So, yeah, there's like events based on right. it, bar scenes. You know, people have like, you know, almost the way Game of Thrones has, has such exactly. a huge following. It's so popular, but it almost is like a cult show. But see, yeah. that's where the definition is kind of yeah. interesting because yeah. I think that breaks the, that threshold sure. of being a cult film. That is so popular. Well, everyone loves it. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, that's what we're basing this off, uh, cult films. And again, it's our show, so we can do whatever we want. Yeah. So, um, but let's just jump right into it. We're going to go through, um, you know, Obviously, all the films we've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I I agree. My list is probably going to be a lot larger. Um, but should we do ladies first? Can I start with what I spoke about last night? Yeah, go okay. for it. So this was the funny thing. I, I said to Tony all proudly when I walked in, Tony, I watched a really good cult classic last night that I've, you know, you've talked to me about and I've never seen. And I was really proud. And then I told him what it was. And he was like, is that really one? And I was like, oh. Yeah, Which I shot is it down immediately. immediately. But the lists on the interweb back to no me no one up. says interweb they do from germany and that's where i am from okay, okay. all right anyway tell the listeners what it is stanley kubrick's clockwork orange <laughs> you almost forgot <laughs> like, the title. <laughs> clockwork orange so um, let me just start by go, saying go this it. is literally i've seen a lot of stanley kubrick movies it's the most demented thing i've ever seen yeah, it's a fucked up it's movie. It's so demented. But it's also a masterpiece. It is a it's my totally crazy Kubrick cool film. film. Yeah. Um, I had a hard time, I told you, understanding it because of the words. And then you explained to me that it's a language. It's its own language. It's based on a book by Anthony Burgess, which I've read many times. Okay. I love it. Um, Alex is the main, uh, well, he's not really a protagonist. He's, he's evil as hell. He's absolutely crazy. Malcolm McDowell plays that iconic role. Um, Which, you know, I immediately Googled. I was like, who are these people? And I then when I saw him, you know, uh, who he is now, I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. He's the only one that's really kind of famous. so creepy. In the show. Oh, my gosh. In this film, he is so creepy. Yeah, so they're known as droogs. It's a kind of future. Um, It's supposed to be a futuristic London. Right. And he and his gang are just these total sociopaths. He's they're absolutely. Well, they go and get high at this weird club every night. They like a little bit of the ultra violence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they rape, pillage, murder. Um, every and, night and yeah. they, they're supposed to be students which is what's funny when i first saw it i was like oh these are like 30 year old men no they're like, no, high, they're school like high school kids. he's supposed to be yeah. like 17 or 18 i yeah. think in this you know um yeah and then it goes into real like mind control oh and stuff gosh. like that it's a where, crazy yeah, film the government and you know because he gets arrested this whole story won't give the whole plot away where they basically alter his mind and they brainwash him so that every time he sees or feels doing something violent pain control it makes him sick he can't do it and it drives him crazy uh it's a brilliant film a very twisted film and what's interesting it's it's almost it's so outdated but because it's such a weird film yeah it works somehow right exactly the scenery the sets the clothing kind of almost works to advantage because it's so weird so weird so creepy gross at times he's got this pet snake he's got these um weird like in his just to give a bit on this character like he lives at home with his mom in this small flat in london right and he's got like these creepy posters on his wall of a of a, of a weird woman and her legs spread wide and yeah. underneath that has like this creepy jesus statue and he puts the snake on the jesus statue to have it 
look at the vagina of this woman's poster. Like it's, yeah, it's it, and then he has good. these crazy, like, I mean, he's nuts. He's completely oh, yeah. uh, uh, deformed. <laughs> and is trying to be obviously the leader of this group and is really horrible to his friends. And right. anyway, the story is, is fascinating. It was very hard to to watch at right. times because yeah, it's, it's not graphic. a feel good movie at it's all. It's very graphic, very violent, very sexual. Yeah. But here is my question: Did you still enjoy the film? Oh yeah, no, right. I, I did. I mean, especially the way it's shot. I've never seen anything quite like it. Right. I mean, you can tell it, it's so Kubrick esque. Right. Immediately. And the costumes they wear these bowler <laughs> hats. So they have cod pieces on their, yeah. you know, their groins. And, and, and the, he beats yeah. the one. I mean, this is a bit not really a spoiler, but it is. He beats the one woman to death with this giant penis Cock. statue. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's crazy. It's nuts. While singing, it, singing in the rain. Singing, singing in the rain. And, and they do the that. Yeah, yeah. That's like their th- their theme song when they're killing or raping someone. It's not a film for everyone. I would definitely yeah, say not for the family. <laughs> no, definitely not. But as it then takes its turn and the message it sends in the end is, is fascinating. Right. I mean, it is. It is. It is fascinating. Um, I love it. I remember watching this film when I was a teenager, some friends told me about it and it was one of those films that was so demented and twisted. Yeah. I couldn't take my eyes off yeah, the screen. Exactly. that. Now, because the subject, like Twin Peaks. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but Twin Peaks is a different <laughs> kettle of fish altogether. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that was interesting to me about Clockwork Orange is because the theme is so strong and tough, I've maybe watched this film three or four times yeah, in the sense. last 20 years. But um, I, I don't know. I love it. Like, yeah. it, it's so well done. And he, uh, Malcolm McDowell as Alex, oh is God. just so good. It's crazy. You know, uh, it's like, uh, not that you're rooting for him, but it's it's so strange because he kind of is the quote-unquote protagonist. In a way, he's clearly yeah. not. Um Anyway, yeah, look, A Clockwork Orange is a great pick. You're right. Uh, for some reason, I just didn't even think of it as a cult film, especially when you kind of look at it against that definition, because it's one of his Kubrick's most acclaimed films. It was very successful. It was a big Oscar movie. But maybe because of, like, the dialogue and, you know, the style, and, I mean, people dress up yeah. at Halloween in those costumes all yeah. the time. It, you're probably right. That's where it does fit. Under Has that, that kind weird of following. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was on every list, like I told you. It, it, it Every single list I looked on, it was on there. Well, not all lists are right. Well, in no. my world, they are, I'm, I'm actually agreeing with you. So I'll give you that one, The Clockwork Orange. And, and just to make things clear, people, this is not my favorite. It was just, I just watched it, so right. I brought it up first. Well, I'm glad you finally saw it. Yeah. It's considered a masterpiece, that yeah. film. Okay, good. My turn. So this is a very interesting film that is, I, I know, considered one of the, the greatest cult films of all time which is Pulp Fiction yeah, on from my list. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. So this is a very interesting film because the film was a huge success, uh, huge at the Academy for nominations, um, a big box office success, but it absolutely epitomizes the definition of a cult film because it's one of the most quotable films. Yeah. It, the scenes are memorable. People have whole parties, the costumes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the everything dancing, about it. Everything. Yeah, the dance sequences, the soundtrack, the mm-hmm. music was just phenomenal. Um, and 25 years later, it still stands the test of time. It's as fresh as it was back then. And I mean, I remember watching Pulp Fiction when I was a teenager in the theater and like, what the fuck I know, is this? me too. It was one of the very first, like, films that was totally uh, non-linear. Yep. It's all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's got this, like, butt-raping scene, you know, with I the, the gimp and that, you oh, know, yeah. that gay cop guy 
butt raping Michael Clark Duncan, wow. you know, and then Bruce Willis uh, like goes to save him. It's so crazy, and the cast was phenomenal. I mean, it it basically brought back John Travolta in a huge way. Yeah, it was a huge, you know, it revived his career. He got an Oscar nomination. Samuel L. Jackson was fantastic in so it. So good. Uma Thurman, um, Christopher Walken, Harvey Keitel as the Wolf. Uh, incredible cast. Yeah. I, um, I definitely, definitely agree with you. That's an incredible one. Yeah, I haven't and seen it, Pulp Fiction in a couple of years. I, I usually too. watch it every few years. I mean, yeah. I've seen that film maybe 20 times. I, I love it. And, you know, again, the dialogue, you know, bring out the gimp, you know, the gimp sleeping. Well, you better go wake him up then, won't you? <laughs> or, you know, uh, a Royale with cheese. You know, what do they call the Whopper? I don't know. I didn't go to Burger King. You know, there's so many so much, yeah. quotes. And, then, you know, quotes. And, of course, uh, Sam Jackson, you know, uh, Ezekiel 26, the path of the righteous mm-hmm. man and that whole speech he does there. That you know. whole, all the sequences with them in the diner. And yeah. all of that, it's, it's oh, so yeah. yeah, give me my wallet. It's the one that says badass motherfucker, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Tim Roth. Yeah, I love so you, good. honey bunny. Yeah. You know, and uh, Amanda Plummer was the other actress. His, when I look back at Pulp Fiction, every scene is like a like a symphony. Yeah. Every scene yeah. and sequence is, is so meticulously crafted. Mm-hmm. The dialogue, the setting, the stage, the acting, the performance is incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like a play with different acts, and the film is kind of done that way. Um, anyway, Pulp Fiction, it's such a hugely successful film, but absolutely widely regarded as, as a cult classic. 100%. All right, my dear, what Seems you got? Seems to be the word I say a lot. Um, okay, I'm going to go with another very famous one. But as um, as you know, this actually did bomb initially at the box office, which is Labyrinth. Yeah, that's definitely a, a cult classic. Definitely on my list. Um, I don't know if you know the history of Labyrinth. Yeah. But first of all, I'm going to be a gentleman and let you talk since <laughs> it was your pick. Yeah, no, you did mention to me that it was very sad because... Um, why did I just blank on the director? Jim Henson. Thank you, Jim Henson. But it's my story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you tell that part of the story. But yeah, obviously, Labyrinth didn't do well at the box office. We know that. Right. It didn't initially do well. But over time, I mean, it's a film I watched a hundred times as a child. Right. Everyone from our generation knows Labyrinth. Of course. People dress up uh, as the characters from Labyrinth, have toys from Labyrinth. It is shown at every single outdoor movie um, you know, summer of events I've ever seen. It's always on there practically. Yeah, I saw it at the LA Forever Cemetery with yep. like 5,000 people. Exactly. It is. Yeah. It has got uh, not just a following, but so much nostalgia, you know, connected to it with Bowie and, and the everything. Everything. Labyrinth is absolutely a cult classic. And you're right. It's a really sad film. It was directed, not a sad film. The film's phenomenal. Yeah. It was directed by Jim Henson, who's famous for the Muppets. Um, And this was a real passion project for him. Um, Yeah. David Bowie stars as Jareth the Goblin King. You know, everyone has mixed feelings because he's the big bad, but everyone has a (laughs) huge crush on him. You know, every time. Yeah. Because you do kind of love him. Of course you do. You know, just love me, Sarah, and I will be your slave and you know he <laughs> sings the songs that you know jump magic jump so you good. know all the soundtracks incredible but um when it came out it was a huge commercial failure 
and it was also critically not well received and it depressed um jim henson so much he like almost he became, sick and died, yeah right? he almost became a hermit and he yeah. kind of he sunk into a deep depression he stopped working so sad. and he died shortly after so sad. um it's really sad because the film has become so revered so loved I yeah mean, it's so acclaimed well if you're out there jim henson we all love the movie <laughs> yeah labyrinth and i don't know what it is about labyrinth because it's not the most manly movie no. i don't give a it's a great movie i love this movie with every core of my being me too again because i saw the film when it came out when i was i don't know six or seven and i remember having a big sleepover with all my friends and i was such (laughs) a cool cool kid because my dad put on labyrinth for all my (laughs) friends and we all loved it and you know jennifer connelly as sarah yeah bowie as jareth the goblin king hoggle sir didymus ludo i mean the characters are incredible and um you know, I saw it over the years in the 80s and 90s sporadically. Yeah, me too. But in the last decade, I revisit this film, I think, every year. Yeah, me Every too. year. I, I absolutely love it. I used to watch it sometimes weekly yeah. with my sister. Yeah, and also, because you, you mentioned this, so people of our age, I think, absolutely love this film. Yeah. But I think it's a film that's caught on with younger generation as well. I think so too. Uh, I, you know, because I know a, a lot of, you know, friends, I'm kind of hip. So I have people much younger than me that I'm <laughs> friends with, not in a creepy way at all. because you married um, a young age. I did. My wife is much younger than me. So a lot of her friends are much younger who absolutely love Labyrinth. Yeah. And my wife is one of them. She adores Labyrinth. Otherwise, we would have a huge problem. Yes. Um, but she <laughs> loves it. You know, so we, we, I mean, I've seen that film. I've seen Labyrinth three times in the last year. Wow. Because friends come over. Okay, you're better than me, but I do love it just as much. Anyway, it's a great pick. Absolutely. Your turn. Okay, good. So again, this is probably my favorite cult film, which is Fight Club. David Fincher. the next one on my list. I knew it would be on your list. So again, you don't even think about it now because this film is so acclaimed. It came out in the late 90s. Um, He had done seven you know, so he was quite, as a director, Fincher was quite well acclaimed. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad Pitt was I hot. didn't think of it as a cult classic. Um, Edward Norton was hot. When this film came out, it absolutely tanked That's at the box so office. Weird. And critics it's just, amazing. Critics just didn't know what the fuck it was. Yeah. So it got very mixed reviews. Okay. Now it is uh, yeah. beyond immortalized as a cult classic. But even more so, because again, I don't know if you know this. Um, this fi- this film spawned real life fight clubs that popped up all over America when I didn't this film know that. came out. Like actual normal people, business people going underground, going out in parkways. I'm sure, if that's a great thing, but okay. No, and cops had to intervene and like break it up. Um, wow! And the film has just become so iconic. This film is so complex. There's it so much is so to complex. it. You know, Ed Norton is fantastic Amazing. as the protagonist, who has no name, by the way. He's unnamed. It's and true. then uh, Brad Pitt is Tyler Durden. And um, I mean, spoilers: the film's been out for 25 years. He's it came not real. It came out the same year as Sixth Sense. And the twist in this film just kind of came and went because everyone was talking about The Sixth Sense. Mm. But the whole twist of this film is Ed Norton meets Tyler Durden in a plane and he looks at them and they both have the exact same suitcase, briefcase. 
And, you know, there's different thing, different clues that show that basically it's his kind of imaginary alter ego yeah. of who he wants to be. Because right. Tyler Durden is just so Gorgeous carefree and, yeah. and doesn't give a shit and, you know, handsome. against the system, you know, damn the man and handsome. Ed Norton and handsome. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And Ed Norton is just, you know, humdrum, stuck in a day job business guy. Right. Um, and then they create this fight club and then, you know, they Which start I think selling also so... soap and then Sorry. they go into a whole kind of anarchy like war and the, I mean, it just goes crazy Go ahead. And, sorry i just realized how um that must connect with people so much who you oh, know absolutely. think of the exciting life that they want to lead that they maybe can't or haven't yet it, it, it i can't imagine it not resonating with people you know absolutely. it's so real to people yeah and i i love that film i love helena Bonham carter in that she's film she's amazing and that's where i actually she really came on my radar and i was like wow this woman is excellent yeah she's fantastic and it, again it's based off a book i read the book the book is good it's uh by an author called chuck palanak i think okay um so quotable you know the so first quotable. the first rule of fight club is you, you don't, don't talk, about, talk about fight club yeah. <laughs> um meat loafers in it is bob that's right. bob you know that's right and it's got all these subliminal images which people have discovered over the years as it got released on blu-ray and dvd you know there's like a penis that just flashes at the end i don't remember a sub, that a, a huge cock just wow you know tyler durden brad pitt's character subliminally flashes through the movie i think about seven Seven or eight times. Wow. Just as a subliminal message. I've got message. to see that again. I haven't seen it in probably five years. Oh, and then Jared um, Jared Leto's in it. He uh, is? Yeah, Jared Leto's in it. And it's that uh, really memorable scene when Ed Norton beats the living shit out of him, destroys his oh, face. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt, Tyler Dunn says, why did you do that? And he says, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. Wow. So they cast Jared Leto. Because he's beautiful. Well, yeah. at the time, he was Jordan Catalano yeah. coming off of, what was it? My, my Life. So, my So-Called so life. life. Yeah, and he was Danes. in that, he was the pretty boy, like so yeah. pretty. And then the end. I love the so end good. is so iconic when he's standing at the window uh, holding, mm -hmm. you know, Helen Bonham Carter's hand and looking out saying, you know, everything's going to be okay. And he says, you met me at a strange time in my life. And then the pixies, where is my mind, starts swelling. And then he looks and then all the buildings start blowing up, meaning Project Mayhem actually went through because his alter ego, Tyler Durden, was basically trying to do anarchy and blow up all these banks. Right. Um, See, when, I don't even remember. Yeah, okay, well, maybe it's we should crazy. watch. Maybe we should watch Fight Club. Oh my after god, this. I need to rewatch it, please. <laughs> uh, I don't mind. It's. I mean, I love this movie to death. This is a film that is so rewatchable. So that's yeah. why it really is a cult movie. And again, I remember seeing this film with a bunch of lads in England when it came out. And honestly, we just didn't know what the hell we were right. watching. Yeah, I understand. And that. I think that's what Fincher was trying to do. He was trying to mess with people. Yeah. So it's a film you really do have to watch several times so you can really kind of understand its genius. And yeah, I think that's totally. why it's become so acclaimed. Agreed. 100%. All right, that's Fight Club. I absolutely love it. All right, now I'm going straight from Labyrinth to another very similar movie that was on all the lists. You may argue me on this one because I don't know how it did at the box office, which is Princess Bride. Uh, that is 100% a cult film. Okay, good. Because yeah. it did create the same kind right. of effect as Labyrinth did. Yeah, and so we're kind of on the same page because I have these hugely okay, popular me films too. first. Me too. And then you're going to see me do less, uh, kind of more obscure ones. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to let you talk 
talk about it. I mean, look, Princess Bride is one of the most wonderful, beloved films of all time. But it is true when it came out, it was not hugely successful. It's just crazy it to me. It wasn't even really well reviewed. Yeah. It just became popular on home video. And well, everyone talked the actors about it. at the time were not big actors. They at are all. now. Andre so they... the Giant was like the most famous guy because he was a <laughs> WWF wrestler. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Um, Carrie Ellis, Carrie Elwes, Elwes? Yeah, Carrie Elwes, Carrie totally Elwes unknown. was totally unknown. Robin Wright. Robin Wright, totally unknown. Yeah. So I saw this film probably f- when it came out the year it came Mandy out. Mandy Patinkin, who's uh, Inigo Montoya. Yeah, yeah, all unknown. Yeah. And it's the most beautiful uh, ro- romantic fairy tale story um, of my childhood i love it, it has so everything. much it has sword fights it has love it ha- it's action adventure it's got- romance comedy so yeah. i um last year i actually took a whole bunch of friends to see that the outdoor movie two had not seen it and it just showed how well it like holds up because even though there are out you know things are outdated in it it's an older movie they loved it you are loved a zombie it. if you don't love princess bride yeah you it's I mean, impossible and not especially to love that movie. The whole point, like it starts with a young boy sick and his grandpa's mm. reading to him. So that's Fred Savage that's from right. the Wonder Years. And Peter Falk is the granddad. Do you know who that is? You told me and I forgot. Columba that's from the right. TV show. Right. Yeah. Okay. And he reads him the story while he's sick in bed. And, and it's called The Princess Bride. And he's narrating the story. And this just shows you, like, I mean, I have pictures from last year. People came dressed up. With Absolutely. his black um, pirate gear and her red dress right. from the famous sort of escape scene. She doesn't know it's him. It's her love. She thinks he's dead. Wesley. <laughs> yeah. And he becomes the, the as black you wish pirate. Is yeah. the big line. Yeah. So yeah. again, it's so, so quotable. many quotable lines. As you wish. Um, inconceivable. You know. And, yeah. Uh, no more rhyming, and I mean it. Anyone want a peanut? <laughs> Andre the Giant is just so fantastic good. in it. Amazing. Um, and then, of course, my name is Inigo Montoya. You, you killed, killed my, my father. father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. It's the ultimate cult film, but also it's the ultimate cult family-friendly film that Correct. everyone can exactly. enjoy. Billy exactly. Crystal and his wife. I'm not a so witch. Good. I'm your wife. You know. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's so. It would great. take a miracle. Oh, so good. Anyways, that's one of my favorite movies and I think a great cult classic. No more needs to be said. Yeah, that's a perfect pick. It yeah. really is. And I mean, everyone so far, has I'm to check out. So I'm not doing as bad as I thought. You're not doing bad at all. Everyone has to check out Princess Bride. It's also just, it's a film that every child needs to see before he turns 10. Oh, yeah. In my opinion. 100%. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen it and you're my friend, um, that doesn't work. So yeah. start. And uh, one last anecdote. So I remember, I didn't catch Princess Bride in the theater when it came out. Neither did I. I remember my dad sitting me down with a big grin on his face when I was nine or ten. Yeah. Um, with the VHS saying, I have a special treat for you. Aww. You're going to love this movie. And he put it on and I was just transfixed. Yeah. I absolutely loved this. Yeah. And I think I've said the story before because after that, he let me stay up late with him um, to watch Planes, Trains and Automobiles, <laughs> which was an R-rated film. Oh, my so God. Different. My memory is just coming back. This is now going to relate to this whole episode i my dad went to bed and i sneaked back downstairs and i watched another cult film on late night tv oh wow that will come up later that oh we'll wow talk about which yeah. is very disturbing i have to just mention princess bride is my my mom's all-time favorite film oh she absolutely so love it yeah. she i literally bought her shortly before she passed 
a t-shirt that said <laughs> hello my name is Inigo Montoya uh, you killed my father prepare to die she used to watch that with me whenever I'd put it yeah. on and I'd be like mommy mommy princess bride she's like again okay <laughs> every week but you know if you were locked in the room and you had to just watch a movie on repeat oh, yeah. that would be the yeah. best possible movie to watch on Definitely. repeat because it's got everything uh, I love that film Okay, good. So we're going to kind of close out on the big popular cult films. Yes. I have one more here. Um, well, I, I, have a f- I have a few more. Oh, no, no, that's okay. I'm okay. just talking about me. Um, Blade Runner, Ridley Scott. So again, this is so fascinating. Blade Runner is now literally considered the best science fiction movie of all time. It's so or crazy. it's always in the top two to five yep. list. Always. Yep. No, always when, at the top. When it came out, it was an absolute commercial flop and a critical flop. Now, over the years, it's become much, much more esteemed and people love it. There's also been about four versions of this film. There's a director's cut, there's mm-hmm. a full cut, there's the uh, definitive cut. Um, what's interesting is somehow I saw this film, not in the theater, but like on a VHS or something when it came out when I was like six or seven years old and I loved it then. Wow. And I've loved it ever since then. Yeah. I um, know you love this film a you lot. You know I, I don't love this film. I'm obsessed yeah, with this film. Very. Hence it being a cult classic. Uh, the style, it's such a neo-noir. Yeah. The, just the, the setting. Uh, also very quoted. Yeah, oh, it's it's so quote. Well, it's mostly quoted for Rudger Hauer, yeah. the actor who plays Roy Batty, one of the replicants, who literally one day came on set to Ridley Scott and said, hey, I, I wrote this little speech down for this scene. He wrote it on a napkin, said, can I use this? And Ridley Scott was like, yeah, sure. And that's the, you know, I, I've seen things you people wouldn't believe, you know, you know, time to die, you know, and all those moments will be lost like tears in the rain, time to die. <laughs> so good how you oh, say that. It, it gives me goosebumps. You've said that on this podcast probably four or five times and it's really good. Well, that how one you say scene it. alone with yeah. Roy Batty, the, the, the chief antagonist yeah. at the end of the film saves Rick Deckard, played by Harrison Ford's life. Exactly. Because basically... You know, it, the film is very smart because it's about these replicants who can only live for five years, led by um, Rudger Hauer's Roy Batty, who quote unquote are evil, but actually all they're trying to do is find out how they can prolong their life. Survival. How can they live longer? What hum- which is what humans are always right. trying to do. Exactly. That's <laughs> all they, they're trying to do. Yeah, they kill and murder the people who get in their way. Um, and Rick uh, Deckard is a um, a Blade Runner who basically hunts down and quote-unquote retires, essentially kills these replicants. Yeah. And that's what, what it's about. I mean, it's got a very iconic sequence um, where he kills one of the, the female replicants who's in this like see-through kind of dress and as he's shooting her she's running through the glass smashing Mm -hmm. and it's all in slow motion i mean it's so iconic um everything about this film is fantastic Uh, then you've got all the origami Mm -hmm. you know and you know is rick deckard a replicant or isn't he Mm. and then of course it really revived the interest and love of this film with blade runner 2049 which came out last year and also tanked at the box office however that film was Critics loved it, yeah. and it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Um, I I absolutely adore Blade Runner. I also, a lot of it was shot at the Bradbury building downtown mm-hmm. in LA, mm-hmm. and I went down there with my wife, and I got to walk around and see it. It was, awesome. it was, it was such a pleasure moment. I that's loved awesome. it. Um, that's all I have to say. One day, I really think maybe when, like, 
you don't have a lot going on, you should sit down and really try and just rewatch it. I think I should watch it here. Yeah, undisturbed. Like artistic yeah. point of view as well. Because I tried again right before Blade Runner 2049. It was a film my husband couldn't sit through and he was on his phone doing stuff, this and that. And I just got frustrated and then right. couldn't. I need to just sit and silently watch it on a yeah. good screen. And I have a friend who has a beautiful TV. See, the TV has become famous <laughs> on my podcast. Um, no, but really, it's a slow-paced, slow-building. Yeah. But it's I can not, have that. Yeah. I like films it's like that. It's not a big it's not the problem. bam wham well, You love 2049. I which loved is it. Very similar. I know. Oh, and then Vangelis, you know, who did uh, Chariot Sophia. He does the so soundtrack beautiful. for Blade Runner. It's beautiful. Anyway, it's an absolute cult classic and one of the great science fiction movies of all time over to you you'll Jen. appreciate this one this is one that you had me watch and made me understand have a guess donnie darko correct it's the next one on my list <laughs> of course it is you're doing very well actually. i know i'm proud of myself go ahead and these are ones you know half my list i've seen because of you just yeah. so you know from either you're welcome <laughs> previous <Free of> charge <laughs> previous podcasts postings or whatever um donnie darko i was like oh, i don't watch that film and you not, were like not to toot my own horn but i actually bet you're so much smarter than most of your other friends oh i am because of the amount of movies you've oh, seen because totally probably with the podcast as well just in the last six months oh absolutely and i've told you i've been going through my yeah. list i get all proud and i'll be like tony i finally watched this from one of our podcasts <laughs> anyway awesome. and other people are doing that too amy olsen she's literally got her list and she watches oh them i get yeah by the way i get so much feedback That's from awesome. listeners uh, who are making literally making lists from our episodes and it's great and just going it. through them and uh, discovering all kinds of new films so donnie duck is interesting because i had um heard from some people who absolutely hate this film they really? they hate this film um so that's why i came to you and i was like so like eh. you were you were just like no you have to watch it we're watching the extended or explained version yeah. and you actually didn't need to explain too much to me because of that version well there's like 20 minutes of extra footage that actually that kind of helps, helps make so sense. much and i think it is vital when people watch that film that they that they see that i love films like that i love films that can really make me think and um i don't know the ending right so much nowadays you always know what's going to happen what's the point yeah. it's predictable i want to be told a story i don't want to know the story or be the writer right. i want to know you know i don't anyways i loved it i yeah. think it's a i mean and the bunny all these crazy things are so <laughs> iconic yeah so donny darko was directed by a, a a guy very unknown called david kelly yeah and for some weird reason his career just didn't really take off after that yeah he did and it, it didn't do well right he did it yeah didn't. well he did southland tales afterwards the box they all tanked um donnie darko tanked when it came out it yeah. was a complete it was a commercial flop, yeah. flop and critics just didn't understand it all had a great cast i mean yeah. it had you've got drew barrymore's in this mm. patrick swayze's in this mary mcdonald's in this a really young seth rogan's in this he's yeah. one of the bullies and then of course it's jake gyllenhaal but was and he like, big at the time who jake Oh, not at all. He wasn't, right? No, this, this yeah. was like a breakout performance. For him and his sister. And Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah. his sister. Yeah, and the mother was Mary McDonnell, who's yeah. quite a well-known actress as well. And again, as I said, Patrick Swayze, Drew Barrymore, um, Noah Weil from ER was in it. Um, a good cast. The film is so strange. 
It's it is so strange. weird. He's this, you know, he plays this character called Donnie Darko, who's kind of, kind of a bit disturbed. He's a bit psychotic. He's on like meds. He sees a psychiatrist, um, you know, and, and it starts with him just waking up in the middle of nowhere, you know, and he grabs his bicycle and, you know, he rides home and some of the way the film is shot with the music and mm-hmm. stuff is so well done. Um, and then um, in his dreams, he wakes up one, one day and this big, black bunny guy in a bunny suit called frank tells him the precise date that the world will end yeah and then he starts seeing all these weird like visions and these weird things that are moving and basically frank starts telling to do all these things so then he starts like you know um vandalizing the school and different things like and doing Very these like strange crazy things, things yeah. because frank's telling him to you don't even really know in uh, just a normal cut of the film, what the hell's going on, or that the film has anything to do with time travel, till towards the end yeah. when some pieces get put together. In the full director's cut, it does explain it a bit better. Don't give away the total ending because there are maybe people yeah, who haven't seen it. I mean, it's been it. out for 20 years, but no problem. I mean, I won't. Um, but I, Jake Gyllenhaal is phenomenal so good. in this yeah. film. He's absolutely... Oh, and his psychiatrist is Catherine Ross. You, you probably don't know. She's from Bonnie and Clyde, oh. the graduate. She's the oh, girl wow, he yeah. falls in love with that he runs away with at the end of the okay. wedding. And they're sitting on the bus at the end of the graduate. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Catherine Ross. She's like 70 years old in this. Wow. Um, great 80s soundtrack, like Tears for Fears. and uh, So it, good. It's got this incredible tracking shot where they get out of the bus to yep. school. I remember that. And the camera that. turns sideways and it's Tears for Fears head mm-hmm. over heels. And it just follows all of the characters kind of meeting each other and you kind of you know introduce you to several of them it's so weird and quirky and offbeat and i can't remember the name of the girl uh gina malone she didn't really have much of a career afterwards i don't know what happened to her she's great in it um yeah okay i won't talk about the end but uh, (laughs) it was so funny because i love donnie you got to the end and you looked at me and you were like and kind of thing and i was (laughs) like that was awesome and well, you look, were so happy <laughs> but you're right i know a lot of people who just it's not like, for them because they, they just don't get it. understand yeah. it it was just too weird for them yeah. you know what i mean which is fine but they're wrong yeah it it's so incredible and again this so this is definitely is a cult film that so afterwards word of mouth spread on this and i remember like the script got released as a book mm-hmm. and then uh the you know different versions of the film and everyone started talking about it and it, it just you know the costume people started wearing frank the bunny at yep. halloween and it bec- it just became so popular yeah um and for that totally. reason it's definitely a cult classic so far i'm doing pretty well here yeah you are your turn i did oh no right. i did donny darker you stole my next i one. stole your donny Okay, so this is one of my favorite films of all time. I know what you're going to say. Can I see? Sure. Say what you're going to say? Big Lebowski? No. Fuck. Um, You know, I actually took that off the list. Really? Yeah, and I'm going to tell you... It's on all the lists, Tony. Oh, no, 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 no. Big Lebowski is 100% a cult classic. So why isn't it on your list? Because my list was too big. Oh, okay. So it's on mine, then. I had like 40 on here, and, uh, you know, I try and do about 25 because we go back and forth. Yeah. I like big lebowski i don't love the movie i like the film because of jeff bridges as the dude oh i the thought dude. it was a hilarious yeah, the movie. dude abides i love him and white russians i started drinking me too after that. but i'm not a huge fan of the film but hold okay, on okay yours well yeah. i guess i guess now since it was on your list you can you can we, it's okay because now it was on your list right it was <laughs> so you hijacked it anyway and Sorry. we have to talk about it um so that's why i didn't have it on mine okay so fair I enough love jeff bridges uh you know and again i mean it 
talk about a cult film, people literally just, you know, wear the t-shirt and the, the robe and totally. have the white Russian and yeah. I think, you know, Julianne Moore's in this, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Steve Buscemi, John Goodman is yeah. his sidekick. It's um, an odd movie. Yeah. And it, again, you're actually quite right. I, I don't love it either. It's not one I run to rewatch or anything. I've seen it maybe twice. Right, I've seen it three or four but times. But it was entertaining and sure. it has some very quotable lines. Yeah. Uh, the like dude what? is famous for it. Right. I don't know. Well, the dude abides. That's a famous you know? line. Yeah, that's about it that I know. Well, that's no, the famous look, line. Then. Look, the film, <laughs> is, the film is very iconic. And again, in a nutshell, I love it because of Jeff Bridges yeah. as the dude. Fair enough. I think he was great. Um, the film as a whole. Now, look, most people adore this film. There are people who could quote every scene and just love everything about it. Yeah. John Goodman's character is so popular. Totally. And then John Turturro, who plays uh, Jesus. The, 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 the kind of weird like bowling guy the, their yeah, rival yeah. um you know and, and then there's this whole subplot with like what is it a, a finger that you know yeah anyway it's it's such Odd. a weird film i i love the dude yeah um but anyway i'm gonna do, do my pick you um, may. it wasn't the big lebowski <laughs> tell me so um, now now my suspense is up True Romance. Okay, I fair enough. I absolutely love True Romance. But didn't romance. that do pretty well? Oh, not at all. It no. didn't? Oh, no. Tony Scott directed this film. It's written by Tarantino. That's right. Total flop at the box office. Not a great People reviewed film. People love that movie now. Well, well, here's the thing. Talk about the perfect definition of a cult film. Um, they do a True Romance festival every Amazing. year at the Safari Inn in Burbank. Which they I do? want to go to so badly. I'll go to that with you. Um, I, have you've seen True Romance? Right? You again, one you had me watch here oh. that I had never seen, and you were mad that I'd never and seen it, and it, I right? loved it. So remember the whole last third act? So That's all good. set in the Safari Inn yes. hotel. We would drive by it every time you go into the Holly into Hollywood. Yeah. So um, I actually read the script from Tarantino before I saw the movie. How? And because it was based off a Tarantino film. But um, how do you get to read a script like that? I don't know. I oh. bought it. I somehow. Wow. I got it. Um, but I just did before I watched the movie. I'm wow. not, I didn't see the movie on like opening oh, okay, night. Okay, yeah. okay. I probably saw it a bit later. Um, but anyway, it's about uh, Christian Slater as Clarence. Um, Patricia Arquette or mm -hmm. Rosanna Patricia, Arquette? Patricia Arquette. It's one of those it's two. Patricia Arquette. It's the prettier one. Yeah. Sorry, no offense. Um, um, she's Alabama. Yeah. Um, and he's just this down and out guy who works in a video, you know, clerk store. He's obsessed with like Sonny Chiba kung fu movies. And yeah. his boss thinks he's, you know, so sad that for his birthday, he basically buys this hooker, played by Patricia Arquette as Alabama, to sleep with him. But they fall in love. And then Gary Oldman, who plays Drexel, so is her pimp. Good. I mean, it's got so many incredible actors, like big stars. Who's his in, dad again? Yeah, I'll tell oh, you. Yeah. In like small scenes. So and each good. scene is incredible. So then he has to go and, you know, save Alabama from Drexel. And mm -hmm. I mean, the, the 10 minute sequence with Gary Oldman's incredible. Amazing. And then his father is played by Dennis Hopper. Thank you. And um, the scene with Dennis Hopper and um, Christopher Walken, mm -hmm. who is trying to interrogate him. He's a mafia gangster guy trying to track down Clarence in Alabama. Um, and they've captured the father. It, it's my favorite so movie good. sequence of all time. It's uh, amazing. I, it, it's all, I mean, it, unfortunately, we have to keep this politically uh, correct. And it's a very politically incorrect scene about where... Sicilians are spawned from. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. But the way the scene is done with Dennis Hopper, who, you know, he's being beaten. Yeah. And, um, he won't give you know, in. Christopher Walken says if he wants a cigarette at the beginning, and he, you know, he's like, no. And 
when Dennis Hopper, the, the acting, it's so mm-hmm. subtle. He kind of, it, he realizes he's not coming out there's alive. no way out of this yeah. i'm gonna die so then he's like you know what i'll have that cigarette now and then the music swells and he tells so this whole good. story you're gonna make then, me tear up it was uh, such a good scene walken, you know they all they're all laughing at the joke and then christopher walken turns around grabs a gun and just blows his head off and he's like i haven't killed a man in 15 years anyway it's like a 12 minute scene so good. it's incredible definitely agree um, with you on that one that's a brad a total pitt cult classic. is the stoner he's literally hey. just a stoner guy lying on a couch the entire time <laughs> that's right um michael uh, rapaport is their best friend who's the actor guy yeah, yeah. who's great in it val kilmer is elvis that's who, right um clarence has visions of and you never see his face but it's val kilmer james gandolfini is one of the thugs and he beats uh patricia arquette up right oh my god patricia arquette which is so so brutal and visceral i absolutely love it um and then the whole climatic uh you know shootout tom sizemore is a cop uh sean penn's brother Mm -hmm. uh, chris penn is one of the cops i mean the cast is incredible it's an amazing film Agreed. It is an amazing film. Um, yeah, I, and it's absolutely a cult film. As I said, they, they literally do festivals, um, the, the music, you know, the costumes, the, the lines, you're so cool. Um, I, anyway, I love True Romance. It's fantastic. Not a family film. Um, oh, no. You know, it's, oh, and a lot of people ask Tarantino, will you ever do a romance or a love story? He's like, I did. True romance. <laughs> Tarantino style. Exactly. He didn't direct it, but it's very Tarantino-esque. It's yeah. got his stamp on it. Totally. Okay, my dear. What you got? The Breakfast Club. So, wait, before you frown at me in your weird way. Um, this was on a lot of lists. And I'll tell you why. Look at the 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 the, the definition part. No, I, that's what I'm thinking of. I, I think mean, it did I do well. Right. Yeah, it was it was It very did very successful. well, but in terms of the following that it created, with I mean, that film it's one of if not the most quotable film you could think of that's what i mean like i mean that's true and i mean people love this you know of the ron um not ron howard uh john hughes sorry john hughes films yeah. it's the one that well that's what i'm saying quote. it's so mainstream and it's so popular that's why i i never thought of it but look i'll give it to you it's your pick it was on a lot of lists and i considered that As i was like film. yes it was it was on the top 100 top 50 and i was like okay i was like okay um it is very but, popular but hold now on. did you take it because it was on the list no or because you think it's a cult film? well here's the that's thing the i had to look for films that i knew obviously that i you know know and love and then I thought about it and I'm like, yeah, it's so quotable. It has such a following. It gets played at these, you know, outdoor movies and that kind of thing. I think it could be because yeah. I had actually never seen it up to five years ago. Really? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I, I Look, so I discovered John Hughes, which I've talked about before, kind of later in my life. Actually. Yeah, me too. Um, late 90s. Actually, in the last decade is when I yeah. absolutely fell me in too. love with his movies. And Breakfast Club is one of my favorite films of his and one of my favorite films of all time. Um, I think I could almost give it to you because it is so infinitely quotable yeah. and has repeat viewings. People watch it over and over again. It's obviously got the Brat Pack. You've got, um, what, Judd Nelson. That whole end um, speech. The whole... Molly Ringwald, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh, Ali Sheedy. Yeah. You know, you know, being bad feels pretty good, huh? Or, you know, does Barry Manilow know you raid his closet, you know, or, you know... <laughs> The last line. And then, yeah, that whole letter with he the, writes With the song. About, you know, the last line with the song. Don't you forget about me. Yeah, which then gets like a whole 
mention in Pitch Perfect, like things like that, like it comes up everywhere. Well, you, I mean, you think of that song by Simple Minds and everyone knows it's from Breakfast Club. Exactly. So again, that's the only reason why I didn't think of Cult because it's so mainstream, but we've talked about it. I'll give it to you. Thank you. Very nice of you. I don't think it's a cult film. Whatever. <laughs> um, Whatever, it, Tony. Uh, by the way, I apps, you know I adore yeah, the Breakfast Again, Club. one I saw because you told me I had to see it. Exactly. Okay, good. Um, no, we're really in sync, actually. Okay, my next one is like um, the epitome of cult films, which is Kevin Smith's Clerks. Mm-hmm. So uh, this film was, was on my list. made for like 50 grand. Um, Kevin Smith shot it in the one-stop shop in like New Jersey where he worked wow. with his friends in black and white. Um, you know, and again, it's got his kind of signature. I've got to see that one again. Launchy uh, dialogue, but it's very smart, and it's just about a bunch of clerks dudes. working. Uh, no, dudes and girls working oh. in one day, um, and it's just their musings on life. Um, clerks is a good film. I actually enjoy Clerks too, even more, and I, I actually like uh, Smith's later films even more. But it put him on the map, and it, it's it's a very smart film Mm -hmm. you know even though it's kind of funny and stuff it's actually very smart um i enjoy it a lot i don't Um, remember it i have got to see it again well he i mean he cast complete unknowns no professional he wasn't a director himself at all um you know and that probably bombed i mean like uh, it didn't even get a big release it it was actually a huge success because it was made for like 50 grand right i think it made like two million dollars wow you know but it made like 50 to 100 times its, you know, its yeah. budget. Yeah, because exactly. he made it for nothing. Um, anyway, Clerks is definitely a, a very iconic cult film. Okay, so the next one, you will probably look at me the way you looked at me on Breakfast Club. I started looking at some cult horror films, mm-hmm. and it came up with The Lost Boys. The Lost Boys is actually considered a cult film. Good. Um, and I, I love it. And I'm glad you put it on there because I don't know if I have it on my list. I just rewatched it. I it's on Netflix. Love yeah. The Lost Boys. Oh, Funny thing is. It's so campy, but I love this film. <laughs> the one where I wasn't allowed to see it when I was young because all vampire uh, movies scared the crap out of me when mm. I was little. And my mom knew it. So she didn't let me watch The Lost Boys. And my sister was allowed to. And I bugged the heck out of me. So. I watched that for the first time probably 10 years ago and I've oh, seen really? it many times since and oh, I love it. love it still. I still love it. So it cheesy, is, it is cheesy, but it's, but it's, um, why can't I remember his name, Tony? Jason Patrick. No, the gorgeous guy, Corey Feldman, Corey Haim. Yes. I love Keitha Sutherland. Keitha Sutherland is just so beautifully maggot. Yucky Michael. in that. You're eating that maggots. So good. I love it's so 80s. And that's a thing when you just look at it as it's so 80s, you can enjoy that film beautifully. It's got that great song, Thou Shall Not Which is super creepy in that thou movie. Thou Shall Not Yeah, die. definitely campy, but it's beautiful. That one I saw in the cemetery, they had an all-nighter vampire movie marathon and i watched that an interview with a vampire and then it got late and i i broke into the left. theater with two friends of mine and we watched the lost boys oh my God. um <laughs> I, awesome. I remember i remember in east quinstead at the atrium oh my you know, god when i was like maybe 10 or something amazing um, the film's actually not very violent i mean it's a little bit gory but not very but it does have um, some creepy scenes does. the end sequence with the house when they're yeah. trying to break in it's creepy so it's like a 
comedy horror. Yeah. Um, it yeah. also has the two Hames, Corey Feldman Who and I Corey Haim. Who like, yeah, and, love. And then Jason Patrick, his career is so yeah. odd. You know, so he was the, the main star of the film. He was, he was really gorgeous, hunky, yeah. And he looked just like Jim Morrison. Like, mm-hmm. And they, they even have a huge Jim Morrison poster in the wall of the, the vampire's cave and oh, their that's lair. Right. And then the, the the girl, what's her name? Jamie Gertz, who was gorgeous. The chick, happened to her. The chick he falls in love with. Again, her Just career kind of right? went out of nowhere. Yeah. He did a couple of good films like Narc and Rush but mm. and Speed 2. He did Cruise Speed 2? Was yeah, he the main guy? Yeah, that's Jason what? Patrick. Oh, wow. But otherwise, I mean, he just never... his. Career just went on an odd path. And then, of course, Kiefer Sutherland is oh, the leader of the, the love, Lost Boys. I love him evil. He's so good yeah, as an evil he's guy. He's so charismatic he in is. this film. He is, really. Because um, you really like him, yeah, but then, he's so nasty. Yeah, and then Corey Feldman is uh, one part of a duo of, like, vampire hunters. Him yeah. and this other guy. They're who, so they dorky work at and the comic fun. Book store. Yeah, they're really funny. So fun. Um, I love that movie. It's fantastic. Um, so and, so um, rewatchable. It even really though it's is cheesy. What I I find interesting is that you only discovered it a decade ago, I but know. you still love it. Because part of why I love the film so much is because I watched it when I was a kid. Right. So even though it it is so cheesy eighties, I mean it really is. I oh, I have I love it, it holds that dear place in my heart. Yeah, no, I loved it, and that was I didn't think I would, and I and I just do. Yeah, there's a good amount of those films I only saw in the last ten years that I missed because I I was either not allowed to see them or I just never watched them. Got to keep up. I know. Yeah, and what's interesting about Lost Boys, which is why maybe I kind of didn't think, is it it was very successful. It was a big hit, um, and it's not a film that's so quotable. You know, maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. That's the line that That's I true. always remember. I feel like um, there's more, but I don't remember. But I feel like it could be a cult film yeah. because it, it's kind of lesser known, but beloved. It was at the top of like the cult horror films. And it's horror, it's, you know, sort of a horror film, but it's... It's it's yeah. a great pick. I love The Lost Boys. Okay, good. Okay, good. So my one is, uh, this is such a manly man's film. It's so cheesy and I love it to death. Actually, I know that it's just a manly man's film, Highlander. Um, Why is that cult classic? Oh, it absolutely is. Oh, I'll tell you. So when um, Highlander came out, it was a complete bomb. Really? Um, Oh, a complete bomb. Queen did the entire soundtrack, which bombed as well. Oh. It was critically reviled. I had no idea. It barely had an American release. Oh, wow. The film became hugely popular across Europe over the years on home video. And then it eventually spawned you know, a TV series and everything. And, you know, it's very quotable. There can be only one. I mean, it was Christopher Lambert, you know, who's like a French actor who hasn't had much of an other career. I think Sean, I ever finished that Yeah, film. Sean Connery's in it as the Spaniard. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's his name? Oh, Clancy Brown as the Kurgan. You know, he's so batshit crazy evil. It was fantastic. Um, you know, it's a film about these immortal warriors who basically are, battling through the ages up to present and they have to duel and basically behead one another to get their power and there can oh, be only yeah. one that's um, right i again one i wasn't really it. allowed to watch and it's so funny because sean connery's character is called the spaniard but he has like the scottish accent yeah, he and always Christ- does yeah and Chris, well he's scottish and christopher lambert who plays the main guy highlander he's supposed to be scottish and he because he's like french he you can tell he has an <laughs> oh, accent no. um again so it's funny. so cheesy 80s um but i love it you know i love the highlander it's cool. definitely considered a cult film cool now this one you're not taking from me 
Is it a cult film? It is. The what gods is must be crazy. Oh, okay. Look now, I, the reason this is a cult film is I saw no one so knew about it. No one knew about it at all, and then um, it did become popular. And it's, oh, it was a huge hit. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's this strange, goofy, funny movie about it was a Africa, South African film. Yeah. yeah so it's about 80s. it's literally just about a reporter who gets goes goes to Africa and has all these weird adventures. Right. And I've seen it many times as a kid, and I thought it was brilliant. It was a huge sleeper hit. Um, I have no problem giving it to you as a cult film. I think it is kind of considered a cult film. It was also on many lists. I saw it when I was a kid. I, I, I think it. I liked it, and I've never gone back to it and seen it since. We but, should try. But what this is showing is it's interesting how a film can touch someone, oh, yeah. and then they go back to it. Totally. But look, like for you, you love it. And I know some people who really does, but this is a film that really is quite obscure and unknown. It is. Because obscure even and someone unknown. like me, who's a huge movie buff, I remember it as a kid because I never revisited it. Mm. I'm like, it does nothing for me because oh. I. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I just don't remember it. Yeah, at it's all. it's a, definitely a more obscure one, which is why I wanted to put it on here, not just all the now really popular ones, but I consider it a cult classic. Have you seen it recently? Like, do you know if it holds up? I'll be honest with you, I I haven't. Okay, yeah. I I would need to revisit it. Yeah. It's been been over 10 years yeah and i'm not saying it's bad i'm just you know uh, again i, I have doesn't like, mean it's not a cult yeah classic. i have like oh no no it is a cult film yeah. i have well i don't know if it's a cult classic but it's or a cult, cult film, film. Yeah. yeah not a yeah okay good next one your turn all right uh napoleon dynamite yes gosh good all right movie. so that's john header uh again this was a a huge sleeper hit um it was made for nothing i think it was made for like five hundred thousand dollars it made john header like a huge star um, and then he didn't really go on to do much more after that. You know, it's so iconic. Um, vote for Pedro, you know. Gosh, Tina, come and eat your dinner, you big fat lard. You know, and I can't really do his. It's a good my, one. My wife does it really I well. I don't remember it that well, but it was good. The whole dance sequence, you know. He does this whole dance at high school. Um, it, it's a, just a really offbeat, quirky, kind of like high school comedy film. Okay. Um, it. it I love this film. Here's what's interesting about Napoleon Dynamite. The first time I watched Napoleon Dynamite, I absolutely hated it. Like, I just didn't know what it was. I was like, what is this? And then the next time I watched it, because my wife is a huge fan of it, I was like, this is the smartest and funniest thing I've ever seen. I absolutely loved it. I should see it again. Okay, your turn, my dear. Um, so this one, I think you'll agree. Heather's. Oh, yeah, it's on my list. I loved Heather's. Heathers. Again, one you told me to watch, and it was on Netflix, and I loved it. Oh, yeah. It was brilliant. It's so creepy and it's underrated. such a weird film. So a, a odd. A film like that would never get made today oh, no. in a million no. years. I um, made Danny watch that film with me last year, and she and? was so creeped out by it. She was <laughs> like, this is so weird. It is so weird. So it's Christian Slater. Winona Ryder, yeah. who I mean, she's I, super she creepy. Owned the eighties and nineties. No, she's not creepy. She's she is creepy in it. She's the protagonist. She's totally creepy. He's creepy. He's no. The he's she does the killing. No, not at all. You yes, need she to, does. Not, not I at swear all. she does. I've seen this film a hundred times. Oh my God, I only watched it a year ago. It. Oh my god! Sorry, I have to put you on the spot. Not true. I remember her being like uber creepy. No, so she's the hero of the movie. He makes her do it, but she's really creepy. Can I explain it to you, yes. and then you can verify afterwards? We can even watch it. Fine. I just I have to set you straight. So the film is about three Heather's. Yes. Who are her friends? That's right. 
um, who are like the mean girls of the school. Yeah. They're horrible. And she can't stand them and she's depressed. And she meets this guy, uh, played by Christian Slater, who's this bad boy. Um, And they kind of start a relationship and they fall in love. And then she starts complaining to him about how bad these people are. So he says, let's just kill them. So um, she goes, ha, 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 yeah, let's kill them. So they go over to one of their friend's house, and um, they're talking about putting bleach or, like, That's right. liquid into it. And she doesn't do it. And then while he's while she's gone, while ah, he yeah. switches it and he puts it in there, That's and they give right. it to her and kills them. And she's like, oh, my God, what did we do? And then later on, they staged the same thing with the two boys. In she's the like, woods, Come right? Come meet me in the woods, and I'll have a threesome with you. And she thinks they're just doing it to, like, make fun of them, do a prank. And he shoots them and kills them both. Oh, you know, yeah. and then remember there's I a funeral. I do remember that There's now. a funeral. I just the... remember her still being creepy. Well, no. Sorry. In, in the end, she fakes her, her death That's by right. hanging herself. And she saves everyone and, and stops him. And then he blows himself up at oh, the school. Right. Super you know? weird movie. Um, look, the film is weird. Super it's weird. It's so odd and weird. And as I said, like, Danny found it almost jarring. Um, so I, I can see by that way. You know, it's not like she's like, you know, <laughs> you love her. But she is the the hero of the the film he's the psycho yeah um but, but I, she was I, super creepy sorry yeah, but she i was. mean i i don't think so and i had a big crush on winona Ugh. so that oh, might have i'm not a big fan it. so there oh we go. i love her so much but um i mean i remember that scene as well when the two jocks die and they're in the funeral and the guy's like i love my gay dead son you know it's got such oh quirky, yeah really you know, weird and then also like that type of thing happening in a high school setting oh my God. now and never because this it was so innocent back there it was before columbine shootings and all the shootings and yeah. so that's why i'm saying a film like that would never be made now they're actually they're making a tv show which oh, I don't, wow. Yeah, which I don't think is getting very good reviews. But oh. um, I love Heathers. I saw it when it came out. It great. was a huge flop when it came out. And it's become very kind of iconic and, yeah. and memorable. So, yeah, it's a good pick for sure. Cool. Okay, good. Um, all right, so here is a really manly cult film, which is Boondock Saints. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Boondock Saints? Yes. Um, this This film is interesting to me. I love parts of it. It's almost like a B movie, yeah. But I love parts of it. Obviously, it's got Daryl Norman Reedus, who now is so was famous his, that on was The his, Walking Dead, his big film. Yeah, and that Sean Patrick Flannery is the other guy. There, these two like vigilantes, Billy Connolly's in it, and the you know the person who steals the film is Willem Dafoe, mm-hmm. who's this like crazy gay, cross-dressing you know FBI agent guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't no, seen it in a long yeah, time. I saw it last year. It's got great action and it's quite smart. And Willem Dafoe's is he gives such a batshit crazy performance it's great um it i can't really think of much like to quote about the film but it's definitely become a cult film with especially with men like just men love this film it's yeah. very macho um i'm not I, I don't love it but i enjoy it i've seen it two or three times so that's boondock sense dazed and confused that's definitely a cult okay thank you good richard link later again one i only saw in the last 10 years for the first time me too i mean i saw it in the last yeah 10 and it did not do well at the box office Uh, right or it did it did okay did all right it's it's absolute it's a richard link later film it's definitely it was definitely well reviewed Mm -hmm. i'm not sure how successful it was at the box office um but it's certainly revered now but it's certainly a cult film you know i mean matthew mcconaughey i mean his line alone is so iconic you know that's what i love about these high school girls (laughs) 
I get older and they just stay the same age, which is so creepy <laughs> now so when creepy. you think about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of a who's who that cast. It's got a bunch of like unknown people, but it's got freaking Ben Affleck. Yeah, you know, it's I got remember. it's got a, one of Giovanni Ribisi's um, sisters. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, Marissa Ribisi's in uh-huh. it. Um, it's got the girl from Fifth Element. That's right. Um, she anyway. It's got uh, quite a lot of uh, good actors in it, um, and it's kind of what is it? It's a seventies coming of age. Like Misha high Jovovich? school film. Yeah, Mila Jojovich. Yeah. Um, I like Dazed and Confused. I don't love it. Same. People do love it. Oh, no, no. It's, it's I very, like it. Yeah. I, I think, don't love it. I think more so in America. Yeah. You know, well, I, it is yeah. on an American high school. Right. And I discovered it here. Yeah. Yeah. And the music is all very American, like 70s rock and roll. I enjoyed roll. it. No, Dazed and Confused is definitely a cult film. Okay, good. Okay. I love this next one, which is Super Troopers. <laughs> so I good. Just watched it last week. And preps for the new one. And Meow, they're doing a Super Troopers 2. Oh, no. And yes, I threw in a Meow there. Did you seriously? Just yeah, put you know it what in that is, right? Yeah, because they say it before like yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, the. They op- do, don't they? No, but I'll tell you. So the opening of Super Troopers is actually my favorite part of the entire film. Because at the beginning of the film, the sequence goes on for like 15 minutes. Um, So it's uh, directed by and starring this comedy group called Broken Lizard. Uh And they've done several films together. Um, And they star in it and Jay Chanda Crazer, whatever his name is, he's the guy who directs it. Um, But it opens with these like, college stoners yeah you know and these cops pull them over yeah um and you know well it's that's the best scene that's ever. got nothing to do with meow it doesn't no I so what, they, oh. what, what what happens is they know they're stoned so they're just fuck with them uh, like, they drive by them right. put on their lights get them to stop and then they just drive so off good. and then the kids are like oh we're in the clear then they come they <laughs> back up and they come back and then there's one guy in the back who's eating all the hash all That's the right. mushrooms all the ecstasy and he's like I'm freaking out back here guys it's so funny anyway and then yeah. the cops just start like you know messing with them and then with Jim Gaffigan oh that's right there's yeah. a scene where they're like okay how many times can you do meow before he notices and they're like all right meow do you know why you were pulled over it's like that's meow, right that's meow, what show me your driver's license all right <laughs> so meow good. do you know how fast you're going meow <laughs> so it's a whole thing like that um, david loves this film it's a great loves it's considered it. like a stoner comedy but it's just a great it's funny irreverent really funny, funny uh, that's movie. a great pick oh it's really so good because um, it is definitely a cult classic. yeah and they're from fan you know coming together they did a like a campaign and they paid for it and now they're making a sequel it's awesome you know it's coming out soon yeah it took like 15 years it's coming i think it's out now it's out this week um anyway super troopers is it's such a cult comedy and it's awesome it's a film for me that gets better i own it now i've seen it maybe five times and every time i watch it i find it funnier awesome yeah i love it Oh, and Good Linda one. Carter's in it, you know, who's the old Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. It's got like kind of a crazy cast. Brian Cox, who's the big police chief. Uh, anyway, great film. Go ahead. Along with like along the line of clerks, mole rats. What okay. do you think? Yeah, maybe it is. Um, I mean, maybe- it brought, didn't it bring to screen Jay and Silent Bob? Wasn't it the first time they were? No, that was Clerks. No. Yeah. That came before? Yeah, before yeah. Clerks was his first film. So here's the interesting thing about Mallrats, which might make this right. Um, although Clerks is always considered the, the cult, cult film. film yeah. Um, yeah, like Clerks is in every list you'll find of cult yeah. films. Yeah. Um, so after the success of that, I remember like uh, the Weinstein company, not that I want to mention the Weinsteins, were like, okay, 
this is your time to shine, Kevin. Right. We're going to make this movie more rats. This script is like your, you know, Ben-Hur. It's going to right. be the biggest movie ever. I right. remember they thought it was going to be huge. Right. And it was a complete flop. Right. Well, there now, we go. Now, a lot of people like it. But it's kind of just a hardcore fan, so I don't know. It's not really considered a cult film. I'll give it to you. I think Clerks is really the one that shines as a cult classic. I really like that film. Um, oh, I like more so, more so than, but I haven't seen Clerks in a right. long time. Right now, I would say I like More Rats more. Um, you, um, I, I'm positive you will still enjoy More Rats more. It's the more kind of enjoyable film because it's got romance and yeah. comedy. And, I, I really liked yeah. it. I watched it many times. More Rats does have a following. So I think yeah. you're right. Good. So, I mean, he's got at least two then. You know, I think he could actually. More Rats and Clerks. Yeah. You know, which is interesting that no one mentions that because More Rats probably would fit that definition. I think so. It's interesting. All right. Do you have any others or are you like no, done? No, I'm ac- I am actually done. Okay, good. I don't think I have a lot more. Um, I have The Crow. Which is uh, okay Brandon that Lee. I have seen, yeah. Okay, so that's a very iconic cult film because, unfortunately, of the tragedy. But that... Tony, it was like so popular. Oh no, I'm not when kidding. it not when it came out. At all. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But actually, unfortunately, it's more cult yeah. classic because it's macabre that yeah. Brandon Lee died of a, exactly. a a rogue blank bullet, yeah. and you know that scene as well is still in the film. Yeah. You know, which makes it kind of even more creepy. And yeah. I mean, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, it could have had such a great. Um, you know, career. Anyway, I just watched it again last night. Um, and I was surprised how, how it holds up. It's very 90s. Yeah, it you is. Know, Stone Temple Pilots, Nine Inch Nails, The Cure, the music. I liked um, it. I remember really liking it. Yeah, but it. it's very stylized and um, I, I enjoyed it. I think yeah. it's actually, uh, it's, you know, it's a good film, great grunge soundtrack. And that film has a huge following of like dedicated people. So it's definitely a cult yeah, film. For sure. Um, okay, another uh, John Carpenter one, Big Trouble in Little China with um, Kurt Russell. Isn't that like super Burn. popular? Oh, no, it was a huge flop it when was? it came out. Yeah, this is a huge cult film because ah. it's so quotable. People dress up as Jack oh, Burton. Oh, totally true. You know, it's all in the reflexes. And are you ready? I was born ready. And he shoots <laughs> the ceiling and not... It knocks him out, you know, um, and then the, it, it ends on like a cliffhanger, you know, and we've been waiting for a sequel for 30 years. A young, beautiful Kim Cattrall's in it as well. Um, I saw Big Trouble in Little China in the theater. It, it's just such a fun, stupid movie. Cool. And you've got all this like martial arts and supernatural magic in it. And it's I such still, a weird still need mixture. To see it. Again, it's so cheesy 80s, but I love it. That's a film I have a feeling you would probably still enjoy. Yeah. I mean, Kurt Russell is so charismatic. Love Kurt Russell. Okay, Empire Records. I'm surprised you didn't put that Are there. You- Oh, a huge cult film. Yeah. So, um, this, but well, really, didn't it do well? Empire Records was a huge failure when it came out. It really was. Oh, critically reviled. It made oh my God. absolutely no money at the box office. I remember when I watched it, all of the adults walked out and were like, "This is so dumb." And all us teens were like, "We this loved is the it." Yeah, I've seen ever. it so many times. They they do like. Uh, festivals for yeah. Empire Records. Yeah. They do special, you know, showings, and the soundtrack has become more oh, iconic so than the movie yeah. itself. You know, and then also look at the cast: yeah, totally. Robin Tunney, Renee, Renee Zellweger, Zellweger, Liv Tyler, yeah. uh, Rory Cochran. You know, uh, Ethan Embry. Yeah, he was. I amazing. mean, there's so you know, uh, Sugar High that yeah. song at the end. Know, yeah. Sugar High, and uh, it, it's absolutely a cult film because people now. Uh, this yeah, movie. I love that. And here's 
another reason why I think it's interesting and it kind of explains how a film can be a cult film. Be honest about this because I've seen Empire Records 20 times and I love it to death. When I watch Empire Records, I, I'm i acutely aware how stupid the film Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But I still love it. So love it. I still love it. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of a perfect example <laughs> of how it's a cult movie. The whole thing, Rexy, also it, sexy. It's, oh, yeah. that, it's so good. It's, it's so dumb, but it's it works. It's so yeah. funny. And, you know, it's a silly film about some, you know, I mean older teenagers working at this, working uh, at a record store, record store. Yeah. and really it's not about much at it's all. not it's about yeah. their relationships each of them are having various things going on in their life and yeah. some you know it's stupid it but really it's is. an amazingly funny I love film it. and again my wife daniella who's younger than me i tried to get her to watch it yeah. she couldn't get into this yeah. film we watched the extended version yeah. remember yeah. It, and it was great. great i love it yeah so like it hit us at the right age yeah, so we did. adore it and it's i know so other people 90s. who adore it yeah. but i found that so interesting because i watched this movie every year yeah i love it and i remember like being acutely aware wow this really this is, is lame <laughs> really and i dumb. still love it yeah okay good without right. the soundtrack it would be nothing yeah well i don't know because the characters you they know, are good but Renny oh, Zellweger is such a good soundtrack it. yeah it really is yeah okay i'm gonna roll through these her and her little skirt that's what you really liked renee and Liv yeah. and their teeny tiny skirt. Skirt. i know i remember God, i loved it i'm not gonna lie i loved it for the guy with his floppy hair i know what happened to what that guy did happen to everyone that guy? thought he was so cute he was so hot oh no, I did see him in something oh, later on. I couldn't nothing. tell you what, but I Googled it and I saw oh. that he was in something. Anyway. Yeah, Ethan Embry, who's such a dork in Empire Records, so went on to do great films. Okay, I'm going to rock and roll through because we're probably running on time here. Yeah. Um, Monty oh. Python and the Holy Grail and uh, also Monty Python and the Life of Brian mm-hmm. uh, are considered cult classics. Oh, I actually had that on my yeah, list. Yeah, two of the best comedies. I had them on my list, but the reason I didn't... Anyway, I didn't put them is because I haven't seen them in way too long. Okay, I couldn't even... Uh, they are very outdated. Yeah. I love them and they are so infinitely quotable. Yeah. I mean, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You're right. I have the soundtracks for both of these films on, on my uh, iPhone that I've probably listened to a thousand times. You know, I, I don't want to talk to you no more. <laughs> you empty-headed animal food trough wiper. I fought in your general direction. Your mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. You know, or, she's a witch. Burn her. She turned me into a newt. Will you find now? I got better, you know. <laughs> so funny. Or the, the Knights of Knee. We are the Knights of Knee. Yeah, I remember that yeah. very specifically. We want a shrubbery. Make sure it's a nice shrubbery. It's really silly. Oh, it's, it's so dumb. So silly. Or the, you know, the, the Black Knight, you know, it's only a flesh wound. He's like, what are you going to do? Bleed all over me? You know, because he cuts his <laughs> arms and legs off. Um, you know, uh, the Holy Hand Grenade of Antioch, which yeah. was referenced in Ready Player One, is yeah. from this. You know, run away, run away, the killer rabbit. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Monty Python, The Life of Brian with yeah. uh, Terry Jones, uh, you know, always look on the bright side of life. Mm-hmm. Always look, look on, on the bright, bright side of, of life. life. <laughs> I can't whistle. Um, you know, he's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. <laughs> you know, what have the Romans ever done for us? You know, uh, there's so many uh, yeah. quotable lines and sequences. So those are fantastic Definitely. films. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. That's a cult film. They are? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, it was a successful film, but it's got a huge following. They do Bill and Ted conventions. 
What? You know, they've been trying to crowdsource uh, a sequel for decades. <laughs> um, and again, it's so quotable. Um, you know, so you've got Bill S. Preston Esquire, which is uh, Alex Winter. You know, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan. Together we are Wild Stallions. You know, and you've got Keanu Reeves, a really young Keanu Reeves. George Carlin is Rufus, you know. And it's so cheesy. And I just, remember, I'm crazy, Annie. I just watched it two days ago. Oh, my God. And it dawned on me. It's the 25th time I've seen the movie or something. And I was like, oh, my God, this film is so smart. It's like a history lesson. Because <laughs> the film is about Rufus, who goes back in time from yeah. the future um, to help Bill and Ted so they don't flunk their history lesson. Because if they do, they'll you know flunk out of class and they'll break up as a band and they won't save the world and bring peace <laughs> and you know right. unity um, through their music. Um, you know, it's got be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. You know, it's so quotable. Um, it's definitely considered a cult film. Okay. It's, uh, and also, I, I have you, you've seen it, right? Oh, yeah. So, like, but literally not probably for 15 okay, years. Okay. So, like, M, me and M and Seb, yeah. uh, Emmanuel, who's married to your sister, we were obsessed with this film yeah. when it came out. We would quote it all the time. We would wear the t shirts, you know, have our hair styled like it. Yeah. it they mean, were it brilliant really, movies. It was brilliant. Okay. Wow, I just saw this again as well, like four days ago. Reality Bites. Um, Winona Ryder. Um, does it uh, really have Ethan a following, Hawk. though? Oh, absolutely. It does? Well, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how. Um, it is considered a cult film. It was a Gen X movie, and it was one of the only Gen X movies of its time. And what that means was it was a film that kind of encapsulated the grunge generation. Okay. When the Varna, Pearl Jam, and those everyone was wearing flannel shirts and long hair and it, it it encapsulated that okay the soundtrack uh, in fact david perna the lead singer of soul asylum is in the film he has a cameo in the film a van dando the lead singer of Lemonheads, mm -hmm. these are grunge bands has a cameo in the film it was directed by ben stiller who stars I, in it i know as like i didn't know that, that yeah was the awesome. yuppie guy he was yeah such a different character oh, for yeah. him oh and my he, god he directed the film yeah I love it. Um, it it's considered a cult Again, film. one you had me watch. It might be a bit more of a niche market. You're I, probably right about that. I think that. so. Again, my wife has no interest in this movie. I and really I, like I it. I love it to I death. really like it. Yeah. But I, I'm, I'm a huge Ethan Hawke fan. Yeah. And he's fantastic he's in it. You know, it's very quotable. It's got all kinds of lines. Um, great film. Okay, good. I'm going to roll through these. Harold and Maud. Have you ever seen that? Uh, no. Again, one I okay. definitely need to this see. This is the ultimate cult film. Uh, this film came out in like 71, was a total mm -hmm. commercial failure. And it took about 10 or 15 years for it to become even successful. Um, I think wow. around 83, 85 is when it emerged. And now, I mean, with 2018, it's a cult classic. Harold and Maud is such a weird, beautiful film. Number one, Cat Stevens does the whole soundtrack. I love wow. Cat Stevens. Um, su such beautiful music. Uh, the actors are Bud Court, who plays like this 15-year-old boy, and Ruth Gordon, who plays like this 70-year-old woman. Oh, and wow. it's a, a relationship between them. He's like obsessed with suicide and death. And oh she's God. this quirky old lady who just doesn't care. And they fall in love. And they actually have a relationship. They sleep together. They have sex. Yeah. It's so strange. But it's beautiful. And she dies in the end. Oh, and sad. he 
renews his purpose for life. Uh, beautiful film. Okay. Um, okay, I want to roll through. Yeah, that uh, was at the top of like every list and yeah. I haven't seen it, so it's, I couldn't put it down. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, we got, we got to wrap this up. Um, but I'm going to just wind... I'm just going to list off some of the other ones. Okay. From Dusk Till Dawn. Okay. Um, th- that is a cult film. Uh, it's a very strange film because the first half is like a thriller heist movie and the second half is a batshit crazy... Um, vampire film. Vampire film. Uh, Clooney okay. is great in that. Juliette Lewis, Harvey Cartel, Tarantino. Yeah. Um, you know, I may be a bastard, but I'm not a fucking bastard. I love that line. <laughs> Such a good line. Office Space, such a huge cult film yeah, about day-to-day definitely. office workers from Mike Judge, um, Ron Livingston, Jennifer Aniston, <laughs> the guy who plays Michael Bolton, uh, you know, that printer copier yeah, destroy it's a scene. Good one. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster, <laughs> you know, and uh, oh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he's like, I'm going to burn the building down, I'm going to burn the building down. Um, anyway, it's a really funny film. The Warriors is a mm-hmm. film I, I love. I have seen that. I love this film. It's very outdated. And this is a cult film from the 70s. Yeah. Um, Can You Dig It? That's where that comes from. And Warriors Come Out to Play. That's where that line comes from. Uh, It's about all these gangs and this gang called the Warriors. uh, This death of this big boss guy gets pinned on them. So they basically have to make their way through the five boroughs of New York back to their turf alive while all these all the other gangs of new york are coming after them total unknown actors um it it spawned a comic book video games um i love this film it is very outdated okay it would actually be a great film for a remake okay the mother i'm almost done i've got two more this is the mother of all cult films nearly every list you go to this is number one the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, Have I saw. I, I knew it was it was on there, but I still haven't watched it. It doesn't interest me at all. It, it's a weird film. Yeah. It's a musical. So when I told you that story earlier, when my dad put on Princess Bride, yes, then I stayed and watched uh... Plane, Trains, and Automobiles. He went to bed, and I snuck downstairs. I put on midnight TV, and I stayed up to like one. And Rocky Horror Picture <laughs> Show was playing on late night TV, and I was like what the fuck am i watching it's super do you, weird do you know what it's about yeah i do but it's super weird so he's a sweet transvestite from transsexual transylvania played <laughs> by uh, it's frankenfurter the character it's tim curry but he's actually a transsexual alien yeah it's susan sarandon and one of her like youngest earliest roles again meat loafers in it and it's a big uh, musical and this film kind of spawned it did have a huge following well, it, it spawned like cult status yeah and what a cult what does it mean to be a cult film right where it just became so popular and it started these midnight screenings with people actually talking at the screen and chanting along and reciting the dialogue and it becoming a whole event and kind of what a cult film actually means um it's not a great film for me it's not like i love it i've seen it maybe once or twice uh, but it has to be mentioned on a list of cult films of course we're gonna round it out we're gonna close it off with the mother of all current cult films tommy Wiseau's the room (laughs) yeah exactly okay you haven't seen it. no which is why i couldn't put it on there but i knew it was coming i have a signed copy i have a signed (laughs) t-shirt i've watched the film several times i've been to the screening i've been to the screening with huge cult with tommy Wiseau and greg sestero who both star in it and tommy Wiseau wrote and directed it um and then obviously this film has become even more popular in the last year because james franco directed and starred in 
The Disaster Artist, which is all about the making such of the room. Such a great movie. Um, the Room is such it's such a funny film. The film's not really about anything. It's a it's, terrible movie. Well, yes and no. Danny, it's an awful when, film. But you, hold on, you haven't seen but it. But by seeing The Disaster Artist, you can see it's a terrible okay, film. But don't make a conclusion before you've seen it. Oh, so it looks so what's bad. What's funny is when we went to the screening of it and Danny watched it, she was like, it wasn't that bad. Really? <laughs> Look, it's horribly acted. Yeah. And the film is basically about Tommy Rousseau, who's this, you know, he's this everyday American hero you know what's funny is Tommy Wiseau claims he's in his 20s he claims he's from New Orleans he looks like he's 40 or 50 and he's got an accent that sounds like he's from like Slovenia Um, the movie The Room cost five million dollars to make no one knows where he gets his money from he has like apartments in san francisco and los angeles it's it's so bizarre yeah and he's such a weird guy but i I met him i mean we shook his hand we got our pictures taken with him he did the q a he's so strange but he's also he's eccentric but he's so positive about love life (laughs) i love his outlook and he's like you know greg stera he's my best friend we make this movie we make great movie we make a comedy comedy movie you know he wasn't (laughs) trying to make a comedy at all but so we went to this film and we're with an audience of, I don't know, a thousand people chanting and reciting every line of the film, every grunt during a sex scene. They're going, uh, uh, 500 people yeah. doing it. You can't even really hear it because everyone's so into it. You know, uh, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Or, hi, doggy. Or I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, mom. Right. But you even told me it's known as the best worst film oh absolutely there we go that's absolutely. the point i was making all i was saying is you haven't seen it and but and, i no, no, i, I know, can but you tell were, i know but you were saying that it's w- so when, bad when i was trying to describe that danny was like this isn't actually that bad it's you know terrible it is a bad film of course it is it's, but it's, it's ludicrous and it doesn't make sense even that it got this huge following it's, somehow it's, it's just so weird genius because well i think actually i do have an explanation for that it's tommy Wiseau. it is him it, yeah his, you're right his character his personality is so mysterious yeah. and fascinating but in such an odd way he's so likable as yeah. well and you know he does these live performances q a he's there talking to people yeah i think that's really what's done in the film in the background every picture has uh, every photo on the screen has a spoon in it. So people come to these screenings with thousands of spoons and just throw them at the so screen funny. every time there's a spoon. It, it's so funny. Anyway, The Room was a, the perfect film to close out cult classics. Totally. We've got a strong list here yeah. of cult films. So for anyone who hasn't seen any of these films, I hope either A, you were jotting them down while yeah, listening to uh, Yeni and I just go at it. Or you uh, go back and, you know, re-listen and (laughs) and write them down. Check these films out because, uh, you know, there are so many cult films here that truly are cult classics, but also just classic films as well. Definitely. Okay, guys. Well, look, um, yeah, we'll we'll come up with a a different episode next week and uh, we'll see you then. Good night. Good night. Thank you again for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. 
Just our friendly reminders, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. You can find us on YouTube. You can email us at TonyTheMovieGuyPodcast at gmail.com. And you should become a patron of our podcast. If you like what we do, if you like what we do on the Tony the Movie Guy Facebook page, please become a patron. And also, uh, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. Five stars will help us get the podcast out there. In turn, getting everything else, Tony the Movie Guy, out there. So uh, that would be helpful. Patreon and reviews. That's my request for the week. Until next week, bye-bye.